This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. My work with children is often just reflecting back a world that I want to see because I feel like if I photograph all humans in a beautiful way, it's my way of elevating the status of everybody that I work with. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Cassandra Jones, and wow, this was quite an episode. Not only is Cassandra a true fine art photographer, but she gives some incredibly impactful advice and shares just a really personal side to how she became inspired to photograph the way she does. This was an emotional and powerful interview for a lot of reasons, and also Cassandra talked about how she wasn't always as successful as she is now and what the most important thing was that impacted her to finally be paid what felt right to her for her time and for her work. Cassandra truly has some beautiful words for you to listen to in addition to her beautiful work to look at, and it was an absolute honor to spend this time with her. Please enjoy. Hey, Cassandra, thanks so much for being here with me today on The Portrait System. Hi, Nikki. I'm so excited to be here today. So you are in Canada, right? I am. What part of Canada? I am in northern Alberta in Grand Prairie. So a little northern community up where it's very, very cold. (laughs) And we have winter seven months out of the year. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Grand Prairie. That sounds like, like I have this visual of like these rolling green hills with just like sparkling sunshine and like apple trees everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking too much at my work then because we are all (laughs) flat. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny because your work kind of is that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, okay, so I mean, I'll just jump right into it. That makes me think like you must do a whole lot of like creative editing and compositing and that sort of thing in your work. I actually, I actually don't. People often think that I do a lot of editing or composites, but everything that I shoot is totally in camera. So I'm out location scouting pretty much every single day, spring through fall, and looking for little nooks of magic. And 
all of the basic bones of my image, the location, the foliage, the flowers, everything that you see is real and shot in camera. And wow. the people are really there and the animals are really there. And if babies are sleeping, they're really sleeping there. And then I pull it into Photoshop and I polish it. So Photoshop is definitely bringing me to the the end point of, you know, just color toning and pulling it all together and adding the contrast and you're just making it pop, but all of the elements are actually in the image. It's a lot of work. <laughs> okay, Cassandra, this, yeah, this just like absolutely blows me away. So okay, your business is Noelle Mirabella. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, so Noelle Mirabella Photography. If you don't know what Cassandra's work looks like yet, I, I just, I highly recommend as long as you're not driving, just pause and take a look. Go to noelmirabella.com or your Instagram. Is it the same on your Instagram? Yep. Okay. And just start scrolling because ev- I'm just blown away that everything – I'm just blown away. Let's just put it that way. Like, I loved your work before, but knowing this now, I am just dying right now. Oh, you're sweet. Inc- Thank you. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, have you always been this good? Oh, gosh. Trick question. (laughs) (laughs) How do I answer that? Definitely not. Everybody starts somewhere. And I started out, I started out with a 50 millimeter lens and a camera body. And looking back on my old work, I did not have the skills that I have now. But I definitely had the same, I don't know, just the same sensibility and the same sense of nostalgia. And I was definitely drawn to all the same things that I'm drawn to today, but I didn't have all the tools to put them together the way I do now, if that makes sense. Yes, that absolutely makes sense. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, obviously you photograph mostly children, but you, I mean, you bring adults and pets and that sort of thing into it Mm -hmm. from what I'm seeing, but it sounds like your, your focus is sort of children. Has it, you've kind of always known that that's what you wanted to do, it sounds like? Yeah, I mean, I love babies and I love children. I love them so much. That is definitely where my passion is. I started out photographing sleeping babies, older sleeping babies, so not just newborns. And I just get so much joy out of it. Kids are the best. They are the absolute best. They are the most inventive, creative, resourceful, unconditionally loving, forgiving, spontaneous, beautiful creatures. And Mm -hmm. I love spending my days with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean... A very special, unique person that wants to spend all day with kids and babies. No, no. I love that. I love that. And it comes through so much in your work. It really, truly does. Now, as far as, you know, being a photographer, did you ever do anything before photography, like as a career, or did you just come out the gate shooting? Um, No, I definitely didn't start out as a photographer. I think a lot of artists can relate to the whole storyline of we started our adult years doing something completely different, found photography in one way or another, and fell in love with it. It's pretty easy to fall in love with. And my background is... I was a I was in clinical psychology, so I had no intentions of ever being a photographer, none whatsoever, until... I lost my daughter and gosh, um, she would have been nine this year. She would have been nine years old. And I was working on my master's in clinical psychology at the time. And my daughter was stillborn and it was just the darkest period of my entire existence. I I literally felt like my soul died with her and I was just picking up the pieces. I couldn't... 
I, I literally didn't feel like I was a living human. I couldn't get out mm-hmm. of bed. I couldn't mm-hmm. function. I was having a very difficult time. And I actually went out and bought my first camera just as a means of forcing myself to get out and look for beauty in the world again. It was a way of wow. just getting myself out of the house and out of bed. So I challenged myself to go out and look for beauty every single day. I actually took a six-month leave of absence from my master's program. I signed up for just a little intro to photography course at our local college to teach me how to turn my camera on and use it. And I just went outside and looked for beauty in the world every day. And I decided, you know, within a couple of years of that experience that I never wanted to leave it. Wow. I was happy to be in therapy every day for the rest of my life. So here I am. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I mean, that that is one of the, I would imagine, worst things you can ever go through in, in, in a lifetime. And, you know, the fact that you have been able to at least have some sort of like therapeutic, I, I hate to even use the word relief, because how are you ever going to feel like relief from something like as traumatic as that? But to just be able, like you said, to to try to focus on something to get you going again. Is, Definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. the arts are really healing in general and just the act of creation is a really mm-hmm. beautiful thing and it has definitely totally changed my life and it's something that I don't take for granted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it that it, it makes so much sense like why you have such a such a strong connection to children and babies and it's almost like I can see, like see your work in a different light hearing you talk about that because it's like you really photograph the love and like the peacefulness of children and it's just absolutely changes the way I I I view this now and you know it seems like when people are just kind of they aren't sure what they want to photograph or where they want to go in their business and not that you know our work has to come from trauma it doesn't but when our work can come from something that is meaningful to us and something that we can put our own heart and soul into, mm-hmm. I feel like it can really help transform what you do and communicate in like a wordless way to your clients that they need you to do this for them or something. Mm-hmm. I totally feel like, yes, for me, that's where the power is. I think photography is just one of the most magnificent professions on the planet in so many ways. I think that photographers change the world every single day, even if they don't realize what they're doing at the time. I think that we are a mirror for the world in a sense. We reflect back to people what we think is valuable, what we think is true, what we think is good. We have Mm -hmm. such an enormous responsibility on our shoulders to just reflect back, I think, a variety of experiences and perspectives and values and all of these different things that showcase diversity in the world. And I think the only way to really do that is to tap into our inner selves, to tap into mm-hmm. our inner creativity, but also just our stories and yeah. all of the little nuances that make up who we are as people and also do the same for our clients. So That is definitely how I approach my work. I approach every single client and every single job that I take on like I do my personal projects. And I I don't know if it's just my background in psychology and my complete obsession and just love of people's stories, but I am constantly striving to reflect back the world that I want to see 
And I think as photographers, we have a lot of responsibility that comes with the job that we take on. And for me, it's just, I guess, keeping in mind that we are a mirror for the world. We show people what is good, what is valuable, what is true. Mm -hmm. We are legacy preservers and we are record keepers and we're like reverse historians in a way. We are documenting the world and history as it unfolds. And the ways in which we do that actually impact the way other people view the world. You know, like Mm -hmm. we look at media outlets and like TV, commercials, movies, sitcoms, all of these things. And And we understand that they have such a pull over us. Like, they influence us in so many ways. And, you know, like, unrealistic body expectations for women, or they promote toxic masculinity in males, and all of these different things. But I totally view photographers as, like, a grassroots-level movement media where we're actually reflecting back, you know, what we see in people in our own communities. So at a very grassroots level, we are showing people and showcasing what we see as valuable within our own networks, our own cities, Mm -hmm. our own towns, our own regions, our own provinces. And how we do that and how we construct it and how we put it back into the world actually shapes people's values. It shapes how people view other people, how people view other cultures, how people view themselves how people view things like body image and stuff like that, and also how we view children and how we view babies and relationships. So I think that we have an enormous amount of power in that respect, and I try to take that seriously in my work. And my work with children is often just reflecting back a world that I want to see because I feel like if I photograph all humans in a beautiful way. It's my way of elevating the status of everybody that I work with. Wow. Yeah, that's just, it's such a powerful way to look at at photography. It truly, truly is. And I'm sitting here kind of reflecting like, okay, so I so, so lean towards personal branding headshots for Mm -hmm. women. I just, I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. And I'm thinking, what? Okay, so if I'm saying that people out there need to figure out like what is their passion and why, like I'm thinking, why am I so drawn to that? I never pictured myself as someone who would be like really successful or own a business or anything. And I think there's something so powerful about helping other women business entrepreneurs feel really confident in their own marketing as they try to become successful or if they are successful to grow even more and there's something about helping women have that confidence and to feel like, hell yes, I'm successful and I deserve Mm -hmm. to be successful. And it comes through in their photos. And it might not be the same as like changing the world or really, you know, so much of what you just said. But to me, that is so, so, so important because I don't know that I ever felt that way. And I want other, now I do, but I want other people to feel that way. And that's kind of my way of giving back, I guess, of contributing Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I have some definitely have some more reflection to do around everything you just said, but it's such a great, great way to to look at it. But you are changing the world. <laughs> you are. I just wanted to say, in doing that, you are totally changing the world because you are reflecting back to everybody that views your work 
and everybody that's going on your page. Think of your page as like a platform where you're standing on stage and every single time you make a post or utter a word or post an image, you are on stage speaking to the world however many people follow your work or however many people are going to view it or share it. And what you're showing people is strong women, strong, Mm -hmm. capable, Mm -hmm. successful, hardworking women. And you are creating a perception and you're actually influencing the way people view women in the world every single day in your work. That's very, very true. That's such a good point. And that's such a just a new way for me to kind of look at my work. Like, wow, all right. It just seems like everyone out there has the power to make a difference in Mm -hmm. some way through their work. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if we focus on, you know, I always encourage my students to find sources of inspiration and really kind of dissect their own ways of viewing the world and their own ways of moving through it so that we can reflect back diversity instead of looking just at other people's work and how other people do things and reflecting back what those people are doing. Like Sue Bryce, she's phenomenal. She is amazing. She is like this powerhouse Mm -hmm. and she is magnificent in every way, but she is the best at being Sue Bryce. There is mm-hmm. only one person that can ever encompass that, and that is her. Absolutely. And I just feel like we all have that in us, every single one of us. We're all incredibly unique. We're all powerhouses. We ha- all have all of these incredible things that make up who we are. If we can tap into that and reflect it back, then suddenly, instead of having you know 5,000 or 500,000 of a single artist, we have so many different voices being reflected back into our communities that just make the world more connected and allow people to connect with things that they might not have been connected to before or give people a voice when they've been silenced or just make people feel heard, you know? And we can do that without saying a word. We can do that just in the images that we take. Totally. And you've been a member of Sue Bryce Education, and you've also won so many awards in the Portrait Masters. And in fact, we've only had, let's see, one, two, three, four. We're going into our fifth round of the Portrait Masters Awards and Accreditation. You've been grand champion three times. Like Yes. (laughs) That is remarkable. Thank you. (laughs) And... The one photo that stands out to me is the young girl, and she is holding a baby, and she's got the heavy load on her back. And it says, me too. And clearly, you're making a huge statement there. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, you know, through through your work, are you often making statements? Because it's not like this is the type of overt photo that is screaming for attention or look at me or whatever. But it is so incredibly powerful, and it's almost like you subtly add these, just this voice into your photos, and now I know, I remember actually learning that you did not composite this photo, correct? I didn't. It was totally single image capture. Everything was mounted from the ceiling, and then she just, I wired every item in place. I created... Even the website that you see on there is like a picture of my stomach and created from scratch. Every word, every book title, everything in that photo has meaning. And it was all wired in place, mounted from the ceiling. And then she just had to slip the straps on and hold the baby. And I managed to get it all as a single image capture, which totally just makes my heart flutter. (laughs) 
But it's one of the most meaningful photos I've definitely, one of the most meaningful photos I've ever taken. It was inspired by my life as a young woman and a young single mom. And I don't like to get into the interpretation of every single item in the image just because I, I think it's more powerful for people to relate in their own way and draw their own Absolutely. conclusions. But it is one of the most significant pieces I've ever created. And I think it's the one photo that I have created that has resonated with more people around the world than any other photo, which says a lot about women and what we have to carry every single day or what mm -hmm. we are expected to carry every single day. Mm -hmm. But damn, we do it with grace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see why it's garnered so much attention. I mean, it's it's just masterfully created. And like I said, it's not... I, there, I, I love images that, like you said, it can be kind of interpreted in, in whatever way is most meaningful to you. And mm -hmm. and it's just it's just amazing. That's what I'm getting more into this, like more into using my voice, understanding that I have a platform and just using my voice to give a voice to, to things that need one. And lately I've been really focused on women's bodies because I had a client that wanted to book in for a family session and she called me and she was talking about ideas and she was like, oh, I really want our, you know, I want the kid's eyes and my eyes and my husband's eyes. And I just want it like a panorama of just our eyes. They all have beautiful eyes. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, people know me so well for my storytelling images. Now they're coming to me with ideas and they're getting really excited. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to put this all together. And then we got on the topic of photo sessions and how a lot of moms don't want to get behind the camera because they just don't feel very good about themselves after they give birth. And she was like, oh, I'm so happy to hear you say that. She said, the reason I wanted you to photograph just our eyes is because I'm too ashamed to be in front of the camera. I'm too fat. Mm. And this is a mom that lost nine babies oh between God. her first child and her second child. Nine babies. She lost wow. nine babies. She waited so long to have that complete family unit. She finally has her dream family. And she's telling me that she's too fat to be photographed. That's on us. That is totally yeah. on us as artists. Yeah. Yeah. And every cell in my body was like, this is wrong. No. And I need to do something to change the tide. So a lot of my work with just nude moms lately has been... Heck, your body is so beautiful. You are so stunning. You are magnificent. And I want the world to see that we are all beautiful creatures. And I want women to have something to relate to. And I have had so many messages from women that are like bawling and writing me and saying, this is the first time I've ever seen a body that looks like mine. Thank you. And it just reminds me of the power that we have in the images that we take and what we put out into the world and how people relate to it and how we can actually change perception and change values mm -hmm. and change the way our brains actually develop over time. Yeah, it goes back to everything you were saying before, uh, just mm -hmm. about how you truly can, you know, through visual media like this, make such a powerful impact on mm -hmm. the world and society mm -hmm. in general. It's, mm -hmm. it's remarkable. Okay, so I know you're an instructor. Do you still book clients? Like, are you still doing client work? Absolutely. I could not live without my client work, to be totally honest. My clients inspire so much of my work and so much of my most powerful work 
and my most intimate work is totally inspired by their stories. I could not live without them. Wow. Okay. Now, talk to me a little bit about that. So if someone wanted to book a shoot with you, what would that look like? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm so curious because it looks like, you know, you have like one really powerful photo from each shoot. Do you give clients like lots of photos in their gallery or like, like take me through your whole process of that, I guess. Okay, so people usually inquire via email or phone, and I introduce my booking process just a little bit, introduce a little bit of what I do, how my sessions work, which is I'm totally a print-based photographer now, and my goal is to create legacy pieces, heirloom pieces, soul portraits, whatever you want to call them. I want to tell your story in images. So When they come to me, I introduce a little bit about what I do, how I structure things, that I'm print-based, and a little bit about my pricing, and then they decide if they want to come in for a consult or not. I always like to meet people in person, unless they're traveling from out of country or out of province or out of city, and in that case, I would just speak to them on the phone, but I invite them to the studio, we sit down, we have a chat, I I just want to learn about them, and this is totally the psychologist in me, but I can't really tell your story and create for you unless I know something about you, and the more the better, so I like to sit down and have a conversation with people, just learn about their story, learn about... I don't know, everything, their hopes, their dreams, everything, anything that they will tell me about themselves and sort of get an idea for who they are and exactly how they want to be represented in photographs and how they want their story told. And from that point on, they decide if they want to book me or not. And when they book in, I go back and have more conversations with them and start to piece together little elements of the story. Sometimes it's really simple. Sometimes people just are really drawn to my outdoor work and they really want something magical captured outdoors Mm -hmm. or they love my apple photos or something like that. Or, you know, they're just, they really love the color yellow and they want an environment that showcases that. And other times they have just things that they want to work through and the images become like a therapeutic process for them, you know? So it totally depends. Sometimes people have lost a child, lost a parent or you know, they've been through a critical illness or something and they're just, they're almost booking photographs to help them just close that chapter and move on to the next chapter. So it totally depends, but it's very much a collaborative process. And I spend a lot of time, I don't know, just pouring over all of the little elements of their story and using Mm -hmm. those elements Mm -hmm. to inspire the images. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so cool how you do that and just really, really take the time. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about then like pricing. Like how do you even put a price tag on this? Like, oh my gosh. So this has totally been a work in progress. Back in the day before I was doing what I was doing now, when I kind of started out in photography and for a number of years after, everything I did was I was selling digital files, so I wasn't printing And I was honestly working myself into the ground. I was completely exhausted. I was getting burnt out because I wasn't actually charging enough to properly pay myself and cover Mm -hmm. expenses at the end of the day. The thing about my work is there's an enormous amount of money that goes into the creation process and an enormous amount of time and energy. So it actually cost me a substantial amount to be able to create the way I do, to be able to 
you know, make custom elements and custom props and, you know, run a commercial studio space and all of those things, but also just the time, the time it takes to get to know people, to plan, to to allow my imagination to run wild is actually work. <laughs> it actually yeah, is an investment yeah. in my time and energy. Like everything adds up. So I was running myself into the ground and I was charging $100 per digital file back in the day. And a 20 image session would be $2,000. And believe it or not, even though that was more than anybody else was charging in my area, um, I wasn't actually making enough money to cover the cost of everything that was going into the session and pay myself at the end of the day. And I kind of got to a breaking point. Mm-hmm. And that, I believe it. Yeah. So around that time was the time that I found Sue Bryce. And I signed up for Sue Bryce Education. And I actually wanted to get into studio work. So originally I signed up because I was like, oh, she's got all these educational videos. I'll learn from her how to do the studio stuff because I was I had a keen interest in it. And this will be good. But I actually didn't watch any of her studio lighting videos at all when I first signed up because I was just enamored with the kind of human that she is. And she was so inspiring and so uplifting. So I gravitated toward all of her self-value videos and all of her keynote talks and all of her speeches. And I just listened to her every single day. So this was like, I believe, January. And this is only a couple years ago but I actually don't have my dates totally solid on that. February, I posted in her group and I was like, look, new here, I've been listening to Sue, I'm feeling inspired, I'd really like to move from digital to print-based work because I'm so passionate about print. Pulling the trigger was the hard part and everybody was commenting like, are you crazy? You should be offering prints. That is like a sin that you're not. I can't believe you're not offering prints. You need to change that. And I was like, hmm, okay. My wheels started to turn. (laughs) And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. And by April of that year, so we're talking only a four-month difference, I had completely changed my pricing. I had started a commercial studio space and revamped everything, totally just an overhaul on my entire business. And I thought, you know what? It's kind of do or die. I couldn't keep going the way I was going before. It wasn't sustainable for me. And I was starting to feel resentful because I was running myself really thin. But Mm -hmm. I was terrified to like change things and be a complete failure. So I just decided, you know, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off. I'm going to do it. And if this doesn't work out, there's lots of different things that I can do to work. And, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Well, it ended up working out absolutely brilliantly. So my pricing now is print-based, but I offer digital files in the same size as the print. So people book in with me. It's not your traditional in-person sales model. So it's definitely not what I was taught. I had to revamp it because I put so much work into the front end of my images There's so much planning, there's so much cost, there's so much intention in every single image that I take that I had to be just very specific and very deliberate about how I structured my pricing so that I wasn't at risk of putting all of the work in and getting paid nothing. So how I have structured it is my image collections are between 4 and 12 images. People decide what they want to book up front. So you can book in for as few as 4 and as many as 12. And I will create a storytelling piece or a beautiful portrait that is unique and a standalone portrait based on every single image you book in for. 
My prints start at, for mounted and matted prints in the 8x12 size, they start at $330. So when people book in, they are booking in for, to get in the door with me, a session fee, and then their prints, they're automatically committing to four, six, eight, twelve, whatever the number is, eight by twelve prints. That's how you get in the door with me. Gotcha. So they're prepaying. They're prepaying for that size. Gotcha. So that at the end of the day, like you know, traditional IPS models, people will go shoot, shoot a bunch of images, people kind of select what they want. They could take one, they could take five, they could take all. You never mm-hmm. really know how it's going to pan out. I would have a heart attack and die if I put as much work as I put into my sessions and somebody walked away with nothing. So to get in the door with me, you have to commit on the bottom end. Now, when the images are all shot and edited, and keep in mind, it's a very collaborative process. So my clients are very much involved in how I'm structuring their storytelling images, how I portray them right down to, do you like eye contact? Do you not like eye contact? Or, you know, do you want more intimate? Do you want more traditional, what do you want? So it's a very collaborative process so that I am shooting specifically for them and fulfilling all of their needs. Sometimes they give me full control. Sometimes they like to take more control. And at the end of the day, we wrap it up. I go home. I edit all of their images. I completely finish them into finished art pieces before my clients ever see them. So they never see the raw files. They only see them when they're done. I present those 8 by 12 images back to them. And at that point, they decide what they want for wall art. The whole idea, what really makes my heart flutter is creating work, printing it, and having people display it and hang it on their walls so that it becomes a part of their family story. It showcases their legacy. And... I don't know, it just gives people something to hold on to. And it reminds them that magic exists in our everyday lives. And I just, I love the process of knowing that I'm giving them something tangible and something beautiful that will last forever. So it literally breaks my heart into a million pieces to think of my images just sitting on a dusty hard Mm -hmm. drive somewhere Mm -hmm. and not actually being showcased. So when people come back and view their 8x12 images, they at that point, decide what they want for wall art. If they select anything that is 16 by 24 or larger, I will actually take the loose print cost. So not the matting mounting cost, but the loose print cost of their 8 by 12 and apply it to anything 16 by 24 or larger. And then they still get to keep their 8 by 12 print. So that is in a nutshell how I structure things. And I mean, the last six image session I did that I had a, an art order in for before Christmas, that was a $9,187 order. And it was a six-image wow. session. Now, there's a ton of cost that goes into that and creating these big art pieces. I think it was two 30 by 45s and four 20 by 30s. Um, it's not like I'm making bank and you know walking away with $9,000. There's so much money that goes into the creation process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but And then they have these big art pieces in the end. But everything kind of balances out. It all averages out. And if you would have asked me two years ago if that was even a possibility, a remote possibility, I would have laughed and probably wet myself. Like, I would have <laughs> never even believed that that was even remotely possible. But now I'm booking these, these sessions and... It has actually been life-altering because I can actually pour into 
my clients and create at the level I want to create because I'm charging enough that allows me to do that and provide the level of service that I want to provide where when you're not charging enough, you don't have time to even provide that level of service. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. Now, I have a question for you, and and Mm -hmm. this is just more for people listening out there. The way that you have this structured, would you recommend this to someone who is just starting out and like just building their portfolio? Or do you feel like this is this is a really good strategy for people who like have their process of creating photos like nailed down? You know, at what point would you recommend that someone shift into this sort of prepay model based on what your, you know, the time and the energy and the props and everything that you know you're going to put into this? I think that's a really good point. I don't know that I would recommend it for somebody just starting out because I feel like you have so much exploration to do at that point Mm -hmm. in your career. And you really have to try out and see what works for you. There's a lot of artists I know that can go and shoot a session in an hour, batch edit all of the images in 30 minutes, and they are very successful doing that. You know, they don't have the same amount of time or expense on the front end. So it wouldn't make sense for them to do sessions the way I do them. Right. You know, this is really more for people that are really interested in fine art, whatever that means, in Mm -hmm. creating Mm -hmm. art pieces, in creating more intricate storytelling pieces, and needing to find the time, resources, and money to enable them to create and still pay themselves at the end of the day. I think that is more in line with how I do business. But there are a lot of people that want to move into that arena. Like a lot of the students I teach, they're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this full time. I just, it takes so much time. Mm -hmm. I can't afford to do it. And I think this pricing model or this way of doing business works better for those people, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like on your Instagram, for example, you have like over 100,000 followers and you know, clearly your work is next level. And I just want to bring up the fact that you said initially when you thought like, oh, I'm going to shoot studio and that's why I'm joining Subrice Education and whatever. And then you found yourself so drawn to the self-value. I just wanted to say that sometimes it doesn't matter what level you are at with your skills of Mm -hmm. photography Everyone needs that self-value. You could have a hundred thousand mm-hmm. followers or you can have two followers. It doesn't like if you don't have that self-value piece there, do you think you mm-hmm. would be making a nine thousand dollar sale? Like do you nope. think you would be and, nope. and it's amazing how so many people that I interview here and so many people in our Facebook group, they're like, that is what helped me get to the point where I'm at today is that self-value. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure people don't gloss over that. Like, Mm -hmm. it is just so, so important. Yeah, it's all about perception, and self-perception is everything. Like, (laughs) it kind of rules our world, you know? And Mm -hmm. first of all, Mm -hmm. if you don't value what you do, if you don't see the value in it, you're going to struggle. But if you don't value yourself and your time and everything that you're putting into it, and you don't believe that you're actually worth what you're putting in, it would be impossible Mm-hmm. impossible. Yeah, yeah. And and it goes to show too that there are so many different ways, business models, pricing structures that you can do this. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of 
deciding, one, this is how I'm going to do it, and making sure Mm -hmm. it is like – I hate to say worth it to you because that just doesn't sound like the right expression to use for it, but it has to be worth it to you. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you were like blood, sweat, and tears, and you were charging two grand, and it still wasn't making sense for you. No. You know, as so it's like – there's a million ways you can do it, but you have to find what works for you based on what you're doing, what you're creating, and what what just feels right and what can, mm-hmm. like, pay your bills and then some. I mean, hey, if you are into photography and it's a hobby for you, there is no shame in that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None. I totally support people wherever they're at, and I don't want to say you have to run, like, you know, this wildly successful business to enjoy photography, but also... <laughs> In the same thread, we actually trade, like time is our most precious and valuable resource. And the older you get, the more you realize that. We trade our minutes for dollars every single day, no matter what profession we're in. We actually trade our most valuable, our most precious resource for something that is essentially a concept, (laughs) like a number in our bank account. And something that in the grand scheme of things, Money is only as valuable as, you know, where it takes us at the end of the day, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. Quality of life, what it affords us to be able to do and how we live and meeting our basic needs and all of those things. But you know what else is important? (laughs) Aside from having our basic needs met and a roof over our head and food on the table is our families. And for me, being a mother is the most important job I will ever do on this earth. So mm-hmm. anytime that I take away from my children and pour into something else, it's important that I'm compensated for it. Absolutely. In a way that actually benefits my family. Uh, and Couldn't agree more. It's something that I think we forget sometimes as artists because we love what we do so much. We have such a passion for it. It's so enjoyable. We can be so obsessed with it that it can be hard to set boundaries. And it's something that I've had to learn over the years to set boundaries, to create time that's family time, time that's work time, and actually pay myself at the end of the day so I'm not just volunteering my time. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not charging enough, and you're just breaking even, you are volunteering your time. And you're taking time away from other things that at the end of your life are going to be the things that you actually think about. You know, we're not we're not going to regret spending too much time with our families, but we might regret working ourselves to the bone for no money and missing out on things that were really important. Yep. I could not agree more with you. We we actually just recently did a, a live on Subarise Education. I had mm-hmm. three other parents, moms. I hate to say, like, it's not just moms. It's dads also. But the three people that were with me happened to be women. And mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, juggling family and life and business and how those boundaries have to be put into place. We have to give ourselves time to be a parent. If if you have, okay, I shouldn't even say be a parent. Even if you're not a parent out there. This means time for yourself. Maybe you have a partner. Maybe you have a family member you take care of. Maybe you have pets. Whatever that looks like to you, your time is so valuable and so important. And the roles that you play outside of business are the most important roles. And -hmm. if you don't allow yourself to thrive within those roles because you're so stressed out about how you're going to finish this, you know, client gallery, but you're not even really making any money off of it, like... It's just not 
a really emotionally successful way to live, I guess. No, totally. It's so important to address and to be aware of and to allow yourself the opportunity to receive. And Sue always says this, I learned this from her, is an equal exchange in what you're doing. You're creating something Mm -hmm. for your clients and they're paying you for it. You didn't hold that person down in the streets and take their $9,000 out of their purse. They chose to pay you for that, Mm -hmm. and that was the exchange. You know, it's as simple as that, but God, we make it so fucking hard. (laughs) We do. We totally do. We complicate things, and we, I don't know, I just, I almost think sometimes as artists, we're more concerned about looking busy than running a proper business, you know, like sometimes, and I used to be in this camp where it was like, well, just got to keep things going, keep busy and just keep rolling, keep moving, even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't working for me. And I see a lot of people kind of going down that road where it's like, they're not actually charging enough to make a decent living, but they're more concerned with just looking busy and not losing the clients that they have. And it's, it's sad. Yeah, that's a good point about people are afraid to raise their pricing because they're worried about the clients not coming with them. And it's like, you know what? Some of those clients are going to come with you and some aren't. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. There are a billion people in this world. Like, there are more Mm -hmm. clients out there. And actually, okay, speaking of this, (laughs) transition into like some (laughs) logistical stuff, how do you market? Like, how do you find these clients? It hasn't been a very overt or deliberate process for me. I think because I started out just sharing my art and not having any intention to run a business at all or even book clients. But what I have found throughout the whole process is being authentic, being genuine, putting myself out there in a in a real and relatable way has I don't know, it just it enables you to form a connection with people and for people to form a connection with you. And again, it's not something that I, you know, I didn't start out thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, put myself out there. And I'm actually a really, really private person, but I'm an incredibly open person when you get me talking. And I just started to share, you know, stories and experiences and just things about life and share them openly and write about them and post about them. And as I began to do that, people began to connect with me, connect with my stories, relate to me on some level. And I really think that kind of got the ball rolling for me, even though it wasn't something that I did intentionally at all. It's not like I went into it with the purpose of marketing. But looking back over the years, it definitely created a sense of engagement Mm -hmm. with my work and just how I do things. And I just think being a relatable human is a huge part of what I do because I'm actually not actively marketing myself. And I hate to say that. I don't even know if I should say that. No, Um, no, that's okay. Because I think you can get to that point where you don't have to really put a whole lot of marketing time in there. Because, you know, when you do everything that you just said, you create an experience that people want to tell their friends about. Mm -hmm. They want to tell their family about. They want other people to experience what they experience because you're putting them through this whole, like, just this whole process that I'm sure is so enjoyable and so lovely in the end. And they have their photos to show off. So the photos speak for themselves because you've mastered your craft. And I feel like it just gets to the point where it's like everyone just talks about 
you and they refer people to you? And I mean, is that like how it's going mm-hmm. where people are just, you're just getting these referrals? Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's all about how you make people feel. I love the quote by Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget the way you make them feel. Yes, 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 And if you put that into every session, like most of my sessions are just based on referrals, and that's regardless of whether I'm sharing them online. A lot of the people I photograph want things private. They they don't want their images on social media. And it makes no difference to me whether I post that work or keep it private in the sense that they're still referring me. So I end up shooting entire friend groups or, you know, just making my way through all these different families within a family or a small community just based on word of mouth. I think Mm -hmm. customer service is paramount. It is absolutely huge. It is. It is so huge. It is so huge. I feel like that's a lot of the way that I've grown my business as well is based on how I make people feel mm-hmm. and just the experience. And, and you know, obviously, I mean, I don't know if it's obvious to you. I don't know if you even know, like, what my work looks like. But it's not as, like, intricate and detailed and so time-intensive like your work is. But, man, my goal is when my client leaves that photo shoot, they kind of leave wanting more Mm-hmm. They came in feeling like, God, I hate having my photo taken. This is like dreadful. Like so many of my clients are like, like I market to people by saying, listen, if you don't enjoy having your photo taken, I'm your girl. Like I promise I'm going to take such great care of you. And I do. And then they leave feeling like that was actually really fun. Like for the first time in my life, I loved having my photo taken. A lot of my clients say things like that. Of course they're going to go tell their coworkers and their friends and the people in their networking groups. Like, because that's, that's just, it. like you said, and like Maya Angelou said, and we talk about this, with, you know, Sue talks about all the time, people don't remember where you photograph them. You don't need the big, huge, beautiful studio. Like, it is about mm-hmm. how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. And how you handle things. For me, working with kids, kids can be a little spicy, and I like that about them. I like a challenge. So it's all about how you approach it. People are like, oh, how do you do it? And toddlers and all of this stuff and the tantrums. And it's the way you handle it and the way you make people feel when those things happen is Mm -hmm, everything, mm -hmm. everything. And if you truly enjoy it and it shows and you make people feel comfortable and you make them feel good and make them feel like it's totally normal not to have a child that just sits pretty the entire time. My kids are total wildlings, so I'm like, (laughs) I love a little spirit in my sessions, but it's all about just how you handle it and how you make people feel at the end of the day. You know, the first doctor that I had for my son, Van, he was a preemie and we struggled with breastfeeding and stuff like that. And I remember the first two times I was after he came out of the NICU and we, you know, did our checkups or whatever with with this doctor. I didn't love her from the beginning, but whatever. It was what it was. And so I <laughs> took my son in and I was trying to nurse him as we were doing the appointment. He wasn't latching and he was really fussy and he was upset and you know, it was just it was a hard appointment. So then the next time it was like the same thing. Like he, he wasn't getting enough milk and I forgot to bring a bottle with me because I didn't think he was going to be that hungry. And so I I left the pumping, you know, I pumped and I left it at home. And so, you know, another meltdown in the doctor's office. The third, the next visit, I remember the visit was fine and, you know, there was no crying. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is the first time you got out of here without a meltdown. And I was like, wow. So that's how you're going to make me feel. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. It was just such shame, and I felt like such Mm -hmm. 
such a bad mom. Like, I just felt like a bad mom, you know? Even though I knew that wasn't the case, like, that was my instant feeling was, like, shame. I never went Mm -hmm. back to her. I never went back to her after that. It was like, you made me feel in a a way that I don't ever want to make anyone feel. And Mm -hmm. you've lost a a patient. And Mm -hmm. in any profession that we do, whether it's how we make our coworkers feel, how we make our clients feel, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of that is going to determine how many people want to work with you in the Mm -hmm. end. Yeah, you got to approach everybody with just grace. Yep. Grace and yep. kindness as much as you possibly can. And I don't know, I love my clients. I, for whatever reason, seem to attract the most <laughs> amazing people ever. I, I love working with them. You build relationships with people, right? I'm sure you find this with your clients where you oh, yeah. end up just being for friends. Sure. But yeah, definitely comes down to the sentiment and how you make people feel at the end of the day. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Gosh, I feel like we hit so many really like really powerful emotional topics here. It's like, oh my gosh. But I, you know, I really do appreciate you just kind of sharing with everyone how, you know, you had your sort of ups and downs and and it's all come full circle and you have found what works for you and it's, you know, I just really really appreciate you sharing all this with everyone. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a couple more questions, though. These are the the questions that I always ask at the end. Mm-hmm. But before I ask those, what do you shoot with? What lenses do you use? I use pretty much every lens. I really favor my 24 to 70, and I favor my 200 millimeter prime or 70 to 200 if I don't have my 200 millimeter on me. Okay. Those are my favorite. Yep. And yep. I have a Sony mirrorless. I've got a Canon 5D Mark IV. So yeah, I okay. use my Sony in studio. I use my Canon outdoors. Awesome. So you mix it up. That's great. Very mm-hmm. cool. Okay. So the first, well, I guess the second question now is what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Oh, you know what? I feel like this is going to be the lamest answer ever because sometimes <laughs> I'm only bringing my camera to a, a photo shoot depending on the shoot. Like if it was my kids or something like that, I definitely can't live without my camera, but I can't think of anything that I like really rely heavily on. I don't necessarily need light, like an external light source rather, if I'm shooting natural light, I'll totally photograph somebody naked, not children, mm-hmm. but adults. So I don't even need clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's no real specific gear <laughs> that I need. So just my camera and my lens, I mean, I favor those two lenses depending on what I'm shooting, but I can't really think of anything else. I don't really have any like wild accessories. (laughs) No, that's good. Keeping it simple. I mean, I love hearing that. Like you don't need all the craziness, you know, the everything. It's yeah. Okay. Next question is how do you spend your time when you're not working? I, well, of course, I spend a ton of time with my kids because I'm a mom of three and I do a lot of old lady crafts. Oh, nice. (laughs) Just, yeah. Um, I don't know if I want that. (laughs) I don't know if I want to say I do a lot of old lady crafts, but I feel like I'm like an 85 year old trapped in a 36 year old body. (laughs) So, so like knitting, when I'm not like, well, like I'm going to learn how to knit this year, puzzles. but like dyeing wool, <laughs> spinning, crafting, doing, I've been making Christmas ornaments this month, even though it's January and Christmas has passed. I've got goals. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And yeah, sewing, crafting, making things. I feel like I am honestly one step away from sport in a kitten sweater. 
one step away. <laughs> I've started wearing smock nighties to bed every night, so I'm just transitioning Ooh, into like an early geriatric period, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. I love it. And a kitty sweater <laughs> would be totally fine. Well, so I'm, I mean, I pulled out a denim jumper the other day. This was like weeks ago. And nice. I wore it with an embroidered top, and I was like... I actually sent out a mayday to my sisters. I was like, you guys need to send me a short, <laughs> tight black dress stat. I am going over the edge here. And oh, it is, that is not going well. Funny. I'm gonna start That's too funny. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. So Cassandra, what's your favorite inspirational quote? I kind of filter in between quotes. I don't really have like one quote of all time that is my absolute favorite, but I did hear a quote a couple of months ago that really resonated with me to the point that I actually have it hanging on my computer. And it is by Lord Byron. And it says, sorrow is knowledge. Those that know the most must mourn the deepest. The tree of knowledge is not the tree of life. Wow. And I found that one really impactful. And I think it really speaks to empathy as well. Yeah. I love that. I've never so, heard that before. It's beautiful. Yeah, I was yeah. really taken with it. I'm not a huge quote person, but this one was like, wow, really struck yeah. me at my core. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm not a huge quote. I just, I guess I just don't have a good memory. I just don't remember them all. Like I love so <laughs> many, I just can't remember. <laughs> okay. So last question. What would you say to people who are just getting started? Uh, it's going to sound so cliche, but I would say follow your inner voice when it comes to what you're interested in and what you want to do and what you value in the field of photography. There is a place for everyone. There is a place for every single style. All of it is valuable. All of it is equally valuable, whether you're into documentary photography or lifestyle or the more fine art stuff or the heavy composite work. All of it has a place. And I would just encourage people to just follow what they're passionate about and do some introspective work and figure out what really pulls them because this work can be really draining mm -hmm. and it can be really hard, even though we love it. I always tell my students, put your mask on first, like the same thing they tell you when you're in an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it can really drain you. It can really deplete you and you can get burnt out. And I feel like if you're not putting back into yourself and doing something that you find fulfilling, the rate of burnout is really high and you might not make it out the other mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. So if you can create from a place of just your own internal source of inspiration and keep going back to that place, I mean, there's lots of things we do for other people where they're kind of inspiring the work, but I think it's really important to balance that out with whatever it is that moves you. And that is kind of I don't know. It's kind of like the life juice that keeps me going. So that is what I would recommend to people just starting out. Yeah, it's great advice. All right. So I know we we talked a little bit about it, but where can people find you if they want to search for you online? Noelle Mirabella Photography. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And that's it. Those are my only two social media platforms. And I have a website. And that is about it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. You were, you know, shared a lot of vulnerability with us. And I know people really love that. They love hearing just others' experiences and what has shaped them into where they're at today. So I, I just, just thank you again. Thank you for having me, Nikki. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. 
And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35 and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.